Hi, this is Iris, co-founder of Renewed, your single destination for sustainable fashion. At Renewed, you can browse through thousands of products, and every week we bring you new and fresh sustainable brands. On our mission to let you discover fashion and sustainability, we interview brands and people who are making the difference in fashion. Summer calls for fresh and light clothing. A statement piece we can't get away without is the linen blouse that keeps us cool and blows with the sea breeze. But why are we talking about linen? In this podcast, we interviewed Lea, co-founder of the brand Archetype. Lea is from Vienna, and you are now listening to the inspiring story of her brand. So hi, Lea, and welcome to Renewn's podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start uh, first by telling us a bit of Archetype. Of course. So I founded Archetype together with my mom um, last year, so in 2018. Hmm. And with Archetype, we combine my mom's unique handcrafting skills. She actually hand crochets our bikinis. Oh, wow. And my urge to bring something to life with an impact. And um, together we now make ethically and environmentally responsible linenware. Mm-hmm. And because we were aware, aware of the fact that the fashion industry is the second most polluting industry around, It was very crucial to us that the garments we would bring to life are as harmless to the environment as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're now committed to take the responsible path to reach our goals. And we always put the highest ecological and social standards at the core of our work. So where does uh, the inspiration come from uh, for uh, Archetype? So basically, my mom um, hand crochets our bikinis. So she was always very talented with her handcrafting skills. And I was mm-hmm. always very amazed by her handcrafting skills. And um, so at one point, I forced her to basically make me a bikini, um, which then turned out to my friends asking me where I got this amazing bikini from. And when I always said my mom made it, they were like, wow, I want one too. So at the end of the day, my mom is a flight attendant and also a mom of two. Um, I had to like really, really convince her for three years to actually do this with me, like to venture off into kind of, you know, unknown territory with me and to launch Archetype. But once I did manage with to kind of, you know, sort of impress her with my little PowerPoint presentation, which I had prepared before I just started to do everything together and, um, And yeah, and, as a, and I'm, I also studied journalism, so I kind of was very intrigued by the, you know, the detrimental effects the fashion industry has on the environment, and um, I wanted to somehow find a solution. Uh, also taking it uh, a step backward, so both of you are based in Austria, right? Mom is based in Austria, and I'm okay. based in London, so okay. she is, we're both from Austria. Okay, nice. And, uh, well... So first, also, why the name, Archetype? So Archetype actually is the phonetic spelling of the word Archetype, yeah. so the English word. And, um, and it's something that is kind of, you know, an Archetype is something that is considered to be sort of a perfect example of something which, from which other things are copied from. And I'm not saying that we're perfect whatsoever, <laughs> but um, we're like, you know, our mission is to become somehow a role model of finding tangible solutions to the environmental crisis because as i said before the fashion industry is the second most polluting industry just after the oil industry so i think if we don't change you know each single step in in our lifestyle and like clothing is a huge 
kind of thing in in everyone's lives just because it's somehow our second skin um then i think you know things are going to be too late so i think that's a good step to start and to create awareness around this issue yeah so that's uh... that's why yeah that's very uh visionary uh we sometimes forget about uh, that clothing is our second skin and we wear it all the time so sustainability is a bigger a very very big value for archetype uh, what are the others so i would say the others because like sustainability i think it's always like a tricky one because yeah, it's been it's used so much and i big. think especially sustainability in fashion is a tricky one because to be truly sustainable we should all stop producing new things so i think that's always important to be honest enough to actually admit that at the same time i think um kind of you know creating pieces in the most sustainable way possible which means that you really look at the supply chain from like you know from where has this crop which then the linen has been made of being grown and to then of course the working conditions of the producers and all of that but i think it's it just needs to be explored in in a lot of different angles in a lot of different lights as well mm-hmm. and then of course that goes hand in hand i think with timelessness because so i would say timelessness is another value of us because if you really wear one piece of clothing for as long as you can you can actively reduce your carbon footprint by just doing so so i think in order to you know almost be a truly sustainable brand in if that's even possible um we have to we have to have this kind of mission to kind of provide our archetype family with the knowledge that if you do treat your garment as long and as best as you can that it will reward you with this with its long lasting features and that again you can actually have a positive impact yeah. instead yeah. of just yeah. throwing it away yeah If we talk about uh, timelessness of uh, in fashion, uh, the duration uh, of the material and the product that we have is not the only factor, I guess. Uh, for example, shape uh, or the cut or the the design itself. I think yeah, that's true. I think you know when whenever we create an archetype piece, we always ask ourselves like, you know, would we wear this in a few years' time? Done that like down the line and um would we actually still love the as you said cut and shape and yeah. all of that so i think and also interestingly you know like we speak to two different customers i would say it is truly the mom and the daughter yeah. <laughs> so actually you know like marrying these two customers in like one and like you know that they actually would wear the same piece because that's the idea again is that you actually buy one piece but you'll be able to at some point hand it down from generation to generation i think that's always also very important so i think you know i think trends obviously they come and go but what we are aiming to do is to create something which will last you for longer than just a season yeah. so i think that's the key as well in in somehow sustainable fashion to create something which is there to be treasured for years yeah. to come an amazing piece for uh, all women's wardrobe basically exactly uh, and when we take it back to uh, materials which kind of materials do you uh, use the most so we are solely working with linen just mm-hmm. because of its sustainable features so linen is actually one of the most sustainable fibers around apart from hemp and actually they stem from the same fiber family because mm-hmm. because um, linen and hemp both grow 
on land which is um, not for agricultural purposes, which means that linen um, doesn't compete with growing food, which is important. And also doesn't use a lot of um, resources such as water and also doesn't naturally need a lot of pesticides to grow. And um, that's why N plus is also a zero waste product, which means that you can use every single piece of, of the fiber. And for instance, you can make out of the seeds, you can make flaxseed bread and things like this. So it actually is a truly sustainable material because it also is um, very, very long lasting biodegradable, temperature regulating. So it has a lot of good features, I would say. That's why we decided yes. to only work with linen. Okay, so basically and from the beginning, like from uh, the production until the end, basically, the entire process and the entire lifespan, let's say, of linen, it's more sustainable. Exactly, because you can close um, its life cycle just like naturally, because as mm -hmm. I said, it's biodegradable because it is a natural fiber, but at the same time, very long lasting. So for instance, um, the mummies in ancient Egypt have been wrapped in linen. So mm -hmm. that's like an interesting one to know. Yeah. Um, so that shows how long lasting and durable it actually is yeah. at the same time without having a negative environmental impact such as synthetic fibers have. Yeah, okay. And uh, also uh, for the skin ourselves, right? What exactly, are because it has, yeah, as, you, um, as I mentioned, it has um, antibacterial features. Yeah. And so it's very good for people who have skin sensitivities. And it is also temperature regulating, which means that it would cool you in summer, but warm you in winter. So, and what makes uh, Archetype different than any other brand? I think, you know, in the fashion industry, it's very hard to somehow reinvent the wheel. But yeah. what I truly believe is um, what kind of makes us different from a lot of brands, let's put it that way, is our passion for change. Yeah. Because we have a very strong focus on an ethical and sustainable supply chain. And also, we really focus on the preservation of artisanal skills. Um, so, as I said, my mom hand crochets our bikinis. And we want to foster also the relationship between garment and wear and to ultimately open up the dialogue about a more conscious consumption behavior. Connecting with more uh, conscious uh, consumption, maybe we can tap a bit more into the sustainability topic and what does it really mean to you? So I would say sustainability um, is a very tricky one, as I mentioned before. So in order to be truly sustainable, I think we should all, or we would have to all stop producing new things just because we will always use more resources than we would be able to give back when creating a product. What I think is important though is to, because we won't stop creating products necessarily, but I think it's very important that we truly reflect upon each single step it took to make this like piece or garment or whatever it is and to truly also reflect about the people behind you know kind of the piece or garment or whatever and also think about you know what just the impact of anything we are purchasing has had on the environment and i think as long as we're truly conscious of all these questions and not impulsively buy and impulsively just you know give in to this need or like longing for newness mm -hmm. i think that's kind of the way forward in sustainability and also just consciously reflect about our own behavior and how we can 
make a positive impact by, for instance, not buying something. But maybe sometimes it's also difficult uh, to not buy something. We can't, sometimes it's also, yeah, really hard to stop an urge that comes from so many directions. That's very true. And I mean, of course, you know, like it's our, our whole system is, is built on, you know, on a capitalist system, which doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. But what I think is that we just need to reflect more on our buying choices and just, you know, kind of almost, you know, like taking all the factors, which, as I said, kind of create or were taken to create this one piece. And instead of buying it impulsively, we just need to ask ourselves, do I really need this? And in, in some cases, we truly will need this piece. So I think it's not necessarily a bad thing to purchase something. I think it's just what's bad about purchasing in our Western society is that we're just buying things we don't need. So I think if we start with questioning if we need it yeah. and then, you know, kind of evaluating that before we actually go through the purchasing decision, then that's already the right step forward. And if we're really consciously also, you know, asking the people who have created this piece, you know, the kind of as a consumer to ask brands um, where this piece came from and who made it and just ask questions about the supply chain. I think that's already a good you know, step into the right direction, which will at some point, I think, trigger change. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, really uh, interesting. And But uh, if we need to then, if you had uh, three key steps uh, to take to actually make uh, a change and becoming more sustainable, I mean, maybe we can start from uh, what is it that you as a founder of a sustainable brand do? So I would say, as I said, you know, I think because, so for me, knowledge is always the key for a lot of things. So I think, you know, the more knowledge I can gather about the things I am creating, the more conscious I will also become about what I'm putting out there, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so, so I think... It first starts know, just, with information and... Exactly. I think it is always like, you know, kind of um, information and then at some point education. And I think kind of, you know, if I can use sort of archetype as a platform to communicate certain values and to kind of also provide a tangible solution to a problem instead of just preaching something but not actually having the solution on hand mm -hmm. then that's in my opinion a good step forward in the right direction yeah. or I hope yeah. it is yeah nice and if we have to think about more like key steps on Uh, when we buy something so we first maybe start with information and education and then when you buy you were connecting it also before with mm, asking if it's really mm, something we need or not exactly and then I also think what's important is to ask yourself like certain pieces like just you know don't have uh, an accurate price if you if you basically so if you truly know how much it costs to create a piece of clothing, especially a piece of high quality clothing, which where you, you know, know as now a brand founder, know how much it costs to actually grow this garment and, um, sorry, not grow, but like grow the fabric for the garment mm. and the, you know, costs of weaving and then the costs of sewing it together and the patterns and how much it costs to cut them. And that for each of these steps, there's another person behind that. 
you're wondering how it is even possible that one t-shirt costs two euros, you know, so that somehow I think needs to already be almost like an alarm signal that something just isn't right there, that someone had to almost suffer, whether that's the environment or the people involved to create those garments. So I think, you know, as a consumer to really, really reflect upon do I really need a two euro t-shirt or maybe I go for a more expensive one because that also makes me more aware of how much effort must have gone in that but mm. then it is evaluated with with the price so it's you know that's kind of I think a good sort of balance to look at it in some sort of way and then at the same time if it maybe hurts me more to buy it then I will sort of treasure it longer and I think that's kind of I think that's a good way of looking yeah, at it because yeah. if you if you can buy 10 two euro t-shirts or if you buy one which cost you way more and you go a bit out of your comfort zone then you will be more likely to keep to it keep instead it, of yeah. throwing it out yeah. after two yeah. seasons so which doesn't of course mean that you know always buy more expensive like that's not what I mean but you know it mm. just I think if you truly look at the cost of making and when you once you understand that, you understand that it is impossible to make a T-shirt for two euro yeah. in a very friendly way. So I think that's just a good way of evaluating that as well. So if we have to take it into three key and simple steps uh, to actually make more conscious choices when it comes to buying fashion, what would they be? I think it always starts with knowledge. So gather as much information as you can. And secondly, having this critical eye and like really looking into prices and reflecting upon how much effort and, and handcraftsmanship went into this piece to decide whether you really want and need this piece as well or whether you should invest in something which will last you longer and may have a higher price, mm -hmm. but you will have it for longer. Yeah. And then thirdly, I would say that you make sure to treasure it for years to come and that you truly know that, again, as I said, you know, like handcraftsmanship went into this piece and, um, and that you don't throw it out because you're bored after one season, but that you actually truly treasure it as something which is basically your second skin. Yeah, amazing. And I think that comes a lot with uh, the design and the, yeah, indeed, the, the design of the clothing that you actually have uh, so if we have to look at your collection what is your favorite piece maybe you can describe it a bit to us my favorite piece of our current collection i would say is our michi wrap dress so it's like a kimono wrap dress and i really love its versatility because you can like you know i wear it in the mornings now as a morning robe Mm -hmm. But I can't wait to wear it um, in summer over like a bikini, you know, on the beach and kind of more as a kimono. And um, and then which is very cool is you can like, take the same piece and just wear it with a nice pair of sandals to the restaurant. So what I always, you know, try to do is when I create a new piece is to think about how I can make it as versatile as possible. Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, we all travel and then at the same time, traveling does have a huge environmental impact so i think just because of the nature of its carbon footprint so i think if we can pack lighter then that's already one small step yeah. in the right direction yeah. as well so versatility it, I yeah think it's is good key. also for our mind right i mean 
especially us women uh, when we want to do so many things at the same time it's like let uh, one thing less that we have to think about sometimes exactly so exactly and it's just like you know you want a piece which you can just throw on and you feel comfortable but at the same time like chic in a way yeah. and without having put a lot of effort in it so i think that's kind of always the goal we have in mind when we design new pieces yeah so we talked about timelessness and in some of our podcasts for example we started to ask about some summer trends uh, that's because that's what we uh, in fashion normally ask for and what we normally do what are your views on trends and and what do you see like foresee for this summer or the summers to come I would say the problem with trends is that they're always very seasonal and, and easily outdated, which goes a tiny bit against um, our concept of timelessness. Yeah, yeah. So again, I would suggest to always ask yourself a few questions before buying anything, such as, do I really need this piece? And will it truly bring me joy in a few years' time? And, um, and then last but not least, like under which conditions this piece was made. And only then I would decide whether to buy or not to buy a piece instead of buying it for the sake of buying into a new trend. And I also believe in, you know, kind of expressing your own uniqueness by clothing. So yeah. I would suggest to rather ask yourself if this truly is you than buying into a trend for the sake of what fashion magazines have told us. So basically then uh, when it comes to trends, instead of trends that are coming from outside it's uh, something that you have to build yourself inside so basically your own style and your own uh, basically uh, line of uh, pieces exactly i would say you know kind of expressing your own uniqueness is more important than trends amazing so thank you very much lea for letting us into your world you were listening to renoon's podcast don't forget to subscribe to our spotify or soundcloud and follow us on Instagram if you're interested in the topic. You will find your daily inspiration on sustainable fashion.